Hey, welcome to the Ron Johnson Discipleship Podcast. Here we are again, proclaiming the truth of Jesus Christ and his lordship over all of creation. And actually, this is what makes life worth getting out of bed in the morning. It makes me intellectually satisfied uh, knowing that uh, truth uh, is a beautiful thing. And when you live for truth and you know the truth and you have a relationship with the one who claims to be the truth, Jesus Christ, uh, life just makes so much more sense. So. Praise the Lord. So we got some great stuff we want to share with you today. There's so many things happening in our culture, uh, our challenges. I kind of feel like Sunday morning when I'm looking at that clock going, where did our time go? Uh, there's so much we can talk about, so many important things to talk about. Um, but let's talk about last Sunday, you know, because it really does tie into the larger theme of what's happening in our culture today. Of course, it was Mother's Day. Yeah, it was a beautiful day. It was. Beautiful, sunny day, Mother's Day. One of the one of the first we've had this spring, so uh, we were celebrating that for sure. Yeah, we were definitely enjoying that day. We were enjoying our mothers. But meanwhile, you know, I got an email, I think, late Saturday night saying that there are potential disruptions to church services on Mother's Day from Tony Perkins. Yeah, I got the same thing, and I'm going... <laughs> like, what is going on here? Yeah, exactly. So here we are. You know, we're in a series called Hosting the Holy Spirit, and... So, so as a, as a pastor, you know, you, you and I both do some of the preaching and teaching here. As a pastor, you're trying to meld in the overarching theme with whatever day it is. And, of course, we, we didn't want to overlook Mother's Day. It's an important day to celebrate yeah, uh, the unique role that mothers play. But, you know, the, the tack that we took was we went back to, to Acts chapter 2, and then we also looked at Mary Magdalene's life. And um, her life is such a beautiful picture of a woman who was traumatized and broken, powerfully impacted by Jesus, set free and delivered. And, uh, and she sets a number of firsts. She's the first at the empty tomb. She's there when they took Jesus down from the cross. She saw him placed in the tomb. She's there on, on a, a resurrection morning uh, and the first one to touch Jesus. And then she's the first one commissioned by Jesus to go and to tell the disciples. And so... Here, this most unlikely of persons is experiencing all these incredible firsts. And, you know, the message that I pulled from the text uh, was just simply that, you know, no matter where we start or what our past looks like, and certainly in a culture where women were not uh, validated or women were not esteemed and honored, um, Jesus Christ uh, had a powerful message of of freedom, of empowerment, of liberation uh, for women. And the beautiful thing is he never tried to turn women into men like a lot of the feminists today are doing. He simply uh, loved them as people made in the image and likeness of God. And he affirmed their uniqueness. And that's what really Mother's Day is all about. Because last time I checked, uh, men don't have the power to uh, have babies. Uh, that is that is a, a lie that our culture is trying to promote, that everybody looks and scratches their head. Uh, women are uniquely shaped and designed biologically uh, to create life, host life, and carry this child to full term and then deliver another human being made in the image and likeness of God. What, a, what an incredible privilege. And that's something that, again, you and I do not have. We were not wired for that. That is something that is uniquely uh, feminine. And, uh, and praise God for that. It's something that a woman uh, is able to experience and enjoy that a man will never experience or enjoy. So and I thought it was interesting because the call to narrative has changed. Uh, ben Shapiro calls it the superpower of women is to, to bring forth life. Yes. And um, I think says, about that. I mean, what a privilege. I mean, bring forth life. I mean, yeah. people made in the image and likeness of God, the power to create. Of course, men have a part in that. But but the nurturing of that child yeah. um, is, 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 is a superhuman power. Yeah, you know? and, 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 and we're not like, 
ignorant of the pain and the hurts uh, and then and, and the, the long suffering of bearing a baby. You have eight kids. I have four kids. And I, yeah. I, I totally appreciate the sacrifices you know, our wives have to go through. But at the same time, there's such joy and there's such peace. And I think the culture narrative makes a big difference because if the narrative is like, that's a curse, you know, you're cursed with that versus what a blessing and what, yeah. a, what a grace. You know, my, all my kids. You know, I mean, yeah, they love me, but they have a unique attachment to their mothers because yeah. of the intimacy uh, of that whole nurturing process. Oh, you know? And our biblical worldview highlights the fact that um, men and women, both created in the image likeness of God, were different, of course. But like you said, a woman uh, emphasizes the nurturing aspect of Father God, compassion, mercy, yeah. tenderness, uh, long suffering. Uh, these are these are qualities again that we attribute. Certainly, men can share them, but these there are feminine qualities and there are masculine qualities, and uh, and both are needed and both are celebrated. And that's just what we try to do on Sunday. You know, when the Holy Spirit was poured out, He's the great equalizer, and the Holy Spirit was poured out on men and women, young and old, all different ethnicities, and and the message that the church really brings to the table today uh, from our Christian worldview is that uh, God is wanting to heal and empower. All people. In fact, the, the Holy Spirit can be poured out on all flesh, which encompasses every single human being as a candidate for an encounter with Jesus and for a powerful baptism of the Holy Spirit that forever changes their life. And so uh, that was our message on Sunday, and it was a great message. But let's go back to the point here. Why in the world would would churches be terrorized on Mother's Day? What happened? Why <laughs> Um, you know, I, I'm sure you guys know by now there was a, a leak of a Supreme Court decision by Justice Alito, which again, you know, as far as we know, is authentic, and and we're not sure yeah. when the official. I think the official judgment comes out around June, yeah, like middle of June or so, or end of June. But so, so a leak. Now again, this this was unprecedented. This is a first in the history of American yeah, Supreme and, Court jurisprudence. And many pundits have said this is like one of the most devastating things done in the Supreme Court because now there is no trust among the justice. Supreme Court is supposed to be a place in which you know you got justice that's pointed by Democrats and Republicans, but there's a degree of trust and well, they're, cordiality. They're, they're and, sharing yeah. their ideas. They're they're wrestling with very complicated issues many yeah. times and. You have to be able to, when you're sitting around the table, even with people who might be uh, on the opposite ideological pole, you have to have a place where you can come together, where you can push back, discuss, challenge, uh, second guess. You know, yeah. all the, these are not easy decisions. That's what we call it the Supreme yeah. Court. And so it's not like everything is always, you know, black and white or cut and dry. Uh, you have to have a place where it's safe. And, and, you know, as you said, when things are leaked, then there's no trust because you're looking around at a very small group of people. I think it was Ted Cruz pointing out, and he was he clerked, so he has an intimate knowledge of of the workings of the Supreme Court. So you have nine justices, each have four clerks. So basically, the pool of who could have leaked that is about 36 people. That's not a very big pool. And then if you throw the ju justices out, because you would certainly hope that a justice would understand yeah. uh, that, that you cannot do this uh, without losing the integrity of, of this institution, uh, then you're, you've narrowed it down to a very, very small pool of people. So, And the intentionality of, of this leak seems to us, very obvious, is to build resistance towards it. Now, there's protests out of justices' houses, there's protests at churches, protests at Catholic institutions i think there's a protest in a pro uh life uh institute in wisconsin or something like that yeah, more than a protest that was actually oh, they, threw they, a, they, they firebombed the building yeah they firebombed the building so, but, but here's the point okay so 
so everybody, we, we, we caught wind of, with some of the comments that were made during the hearings right back months ago that this was looking very favorable, that, that this terrible ruling, this, was, this, this to me was one of the greatest examples we have in the history of American jurisprudence of judicial activism. There's been a lot since then, but there was zero precedence for uh, abortion rights in America at the time of Roe v. Wade. Th it overturned all 50 states' uh, laws. I mean, it, it was an egregious act. Finding a, a right to privacy somewhere in the Constitution that constitutional scholars, you know, admit doesn't exist or was nowhere in the minds of our founding fathers, that's for sure. So this is a, a horrific piece of legislation that now finally uh, it looked like from the, the comments of, of some of the justices looked like, OK, this this is going to be overturned. So that does not come as a surprise. The outrage, I believe, came because the left is so desperate to find something to energize their base. And uh, nothing can energize your base if you're if you're a leftist like abortion. And uh, and the timing of this, it was leaked out uh, the day before the primaries. Mm -hmm. Not that that would make a huge difference on the primary, but you have you have a base that's had nothing but losses. You, you, we've had COVID, uh, we've had government overreach, which people were sick of. Uh, we just had the 2000 Mules documentary come out, which you and I both need to sit down and watch. Yeah. Uh, but that supposedly issue, yeah. highlighted the, the fraud of this last election. Yeah. Uh, so you got a lot of people that believe the election was stolen. Uh, we have a stock market that's, that's crashing. We have a dollar that's collapsing. Inflation. And how about this? Yeah, inflation is skyrocketing. And now this supply chain has even impacted something like baby food. I mean, moms are having a problem finding baby formula. Uh, and so how, how ironic that on Mother's Day, we're looking at uh, all the disarray. We got an open border. Um, uh, we, I mean, we got crises everywhere we look. We got the Hunter Biden laptop, which we still haven't had anybody address, but it's full of serious treasonous, you know, uh, um, proof uh, against the sitting president. I mean, there's nothing going well um, for, the, for those in, in this current administration. And many believe that this leak was intended to to rally a base that has nothing else to to rally about because things are dismal um, and then you look at the timing between the may uh primary and the next major holiday which is mother's day and i find it ironic you know one of our talking points in this program is that truth is coherent it sticks together i, I mentioned this last time we were together and uh, and so we had only only weeks ago we had a Supreme Court nominee who could not define what a woman was, and we have a whole party who cannot define what a woman was. And now all of a sudden, on Mother's Day, when when we're celebrating what womanhood is and what motherhood is, uh, everybody's fighting for women's rights. When only weeks ago we couldn't define what a woman is, now we're we're out there fighting for women's rights. I mean. If you cannot see the illogic, irrational nature of of, uh, of this argument, uh, it's, it's so apparent. It's like as big as the nose on your face. Um, but you were mentioning Ben Shapiro pointing out uh, something in, in Babylon B that I think is worth repeating. Sometimes oh, yeah. Was, this, this was Babylon B. They no. said the, the progressives were dusting. No, this Babylon B, of course, is sarcasm. But it illustrates a, a powerful point. It says, um, because of the leak of the Roe versus Wade, uh, decision, potential decision. Uh, liberals are uh, dusting off their "my body, my choice," uh, which they put in stores since the vaccine mandate came out. <laughs> you know, when the vaccine mandate came out, they're like, "Oh, we're gonna, we're gonna hide. We're not gonna talk about that." Now that the Roe versus Wade, they're dusting out to uh, 
to uh, display for all to see. So, and speaking of the vaccine mandate, I just want to just briefly touch on this. But many of you know, and in fact, still on Monday morning, I'm still signing some letters for protecting people's religious liberties from. Uh, government overreach and, and marketplace overreach, firing people for simply not taking the shot. Uh, and I, I just saw this on Twitter and I'm rejoicing because I, I've just encouraged people, stand for your principles, never cave in to what you believe to be true, fight for freedom, and uh, and you may lose your job, but don't, don't stop fighting. And uh, it might take time to go through the courts, but I believe truth will prevail and justice will prevail and, and you will prevail. So here's what I saw on Twitter today. A lady says, I lost my job in January due to my former employer's ridiculous vaccine mandate. Then they disputed my claim for unemployment benefits on the grounds that I quit and I didn't. So so just to pause here, that was the, the, the travesty of all of this is they're going to fire you. And then when you apply for unemployment, they're going to say that you don't get unemployment because you quit when you were actually forced out of your, your job and forced to, to uh, resign. She said, I had a hearing last week and the judge found out, or, and found out today that the judge ruled in my favor and they have to pay, uh, to which I'm rejoicing because uh, these folks should be reimbursed for all the grief they went through and for all the loss of wages and so forth. So anyway, don't forget some of these things that are happening at such a clip, you know, where, where I rate about what's happening at school boards and what's happening with CRT and what's happening with all the violence when, when our cities were burning down. And I guess that brings us full circle because what is especially, um, I guess, terrifying and should cause us all to be concerned are the, are the, uh, they're calling them protests, but they're not really protests. They're more border on riots that are happening right now, especially with Supreme Court justices. Yeah, man, I think this is just, uh, it's really getting to a point which, like, uh, power grab is is the best way to articulate this movement, this woke movement, because um, to break the quorum and leak something like this, that's a power grab. That's like, you know what, this is so important that, uh, nothing matters. No principle matters. This is so important that I'm going to break every rule. This yep. is so important for us to make a statement that um, that on Mother's Day, of all days, on Mother's Day, to go protest and fire, they threw a, uh, um, you yeah. know, cocktail. Molotov cocktail into, into uh, whatever that pro-life uh, institution is. It's just like you do stuff like that. Like, I mean, most Americans on Mother's Day are wanting to celebrate mothers, whatever the spectrum is. If everyone's got a mom yeah. and you want to celebrate your mom, you're not thinking about these these horrific protests just for them to think, man, that's a good idea. I'm just like, wow, there, there's a great amount of arrogance, but there's also a sense of like, we don't care anymore and we can do whatever we want and we get away with it because no one's going to prosecute us, right? And man, that's a dangerous place for our nation. Might means right is a scary, scary place. It is. And I think to tie it back into what we're talking about with Christian worldview, you know, people talk about the, the integrity of our institutions. The left's always talking about that, while right now the institution of our Supreme Court is under full assault. And our president hasn't come out strongly condemning this. Uh, his press secretary came out with a very tepid uh, response late after we've already got mobs forming in front of, uh, you know, Supreme Court justices' homes. Some of these folks have obviously neighbors who have nothing to do directly with the issue. Uh, there are children, small children involved in some of these homes. One of our justices had to be removed from his 
home and placed in an undisclosed, you know, well, secret just, location. Just stop that for a second. So yeah. let's open the door in which our Supreme Court justice, any justice, any federal justice is threatened. Like, that's the world we want to live in, in which, you know what? We don't like this decision. That's just going to threaten our justice. I mean, we become the mob. And that's what the mob does, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I'm not part of a mob. but <laughs> You've but never that, been a part of a mob. mob. But that's what seems like, at least in the movie, that's what you do. You threaten the justice. You bribe them. You get blackmail materials. That's the world we want to live in, in which we're going to go and protest out of justice to, and threaten their lives to get them to go the way we want. I mean, that's open up to, to the left or the right. It doesn't matter. I don't want to live in that world, no. you know? No, and that's a scary place to be. But but back to the, back to yeah. our worldview, yeah. the, the the integrity of these institutions, and even just let's just take the principle of the rule of law. Yeah, it's based on the fact that the truth exists, and, and that our our lives could, should correspond objectively to what is true. Um, in fact, laws uphold morality and values, and those values are rooted in worldviews. And and those worldviews are either good worldviews or bad worldviews. And we can get into discussions about that, but. America, has, her, her secret of greatness is because we've been rooted in a Judeo-Christian worldview that says taking innocent life is murder and that a child's life should be protected. Yeah. Uh, it says the rule of law matters and that we cannot go to people's homes and burn their house down or, or uh, take justice into our own hands and, and uh, take vengeance into our own hands and hurt somebody. Yeah. And yet here we have somebody, this is uh, uh, Brett Kavanaugh's situation with his house. Uh, this came from Tony Perkins' uh, program, a summary of, a, of, the, of the interview that he did. But he said that with 100 uh, protesters outside of Brett Kavanaugh's uh, home screaming at his daughter's windows, who, who, would want, who would want unstable people coming in your yard, going up to your window and yelling in your child's bedroom? Um, he said the parallels to this ugly confirmation hearing were everywhere. And thanks to the angry mob's ringleaders, the family's flashbacks aren't going away anytime soon. He quotes a neighbor uh, who says, quote, we're about to get doomsday, justifying her decision to share the Kavanaugh's address with the world. So I'm not going to be civil to that man at all. So because she disagrees with a possible outcome, she calls it doomsday. She's committed to not being civil with her own neighbor. She was the one that exposed where he lived because she's part of a radical uh, pro-death, pro-abortion group. And so you've got these people talking with this kind of inflammatory rhetoric. And then what, what ticks off most Americans is how in the world do people get away with burning down businesses when we have video footage, uh, surveillance camera footage, you can see if anybody cared, you could find out who that person is, right? We have him on camera. I don't know how many arrests have taken place. I don't know how many people have been uh, prosecuted for that. We, we saw uh, university campuses with statues ripped down and buildings destroyed. We had churches on Mother's Day vandalized. Uh, I saw a major Catholic church, I think it was in New York, with thousands of people gathered uh, for the, to celebrate the, the mass that morning. And these folks just start interrupting everything right in the middle of the service. Again, we know who they are. Are they going to be charged with trespassing? That's private property. Are they going to be charged with trespassing? Will anybody go to jail? And will this will these mobs be broken up? Like, why aren't the police in front of Justice Kavanaugh's house telling everybody to disperse or they will be arrested? You know, this is clear intimidation, harassment, threats of violence, uh, uh, encroaching on public or, or on a private property. Um, 
why are we allowing this? And the longer we allow this, we're setting people up uh, for serious damage, loss of property, loss of life. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be chaos. And definitely a lack of trust in our institutions. Because no. talk about the January 6th, unequal treatment. You got these people who are led in by police. This is in the courts. Like, they're led in by police officers, and they're prosecuted, and they're held in detainment, whatever. And you got these guys calling camera, doing, calling camera, doing all these different things, and no one's yeah. prosecuting. Yeah. It's an unequal application of law. And, and here's the here's the, the scary part. Like, what if a mob forms outside of the, the home of somebody who has children? Like, and I've got eight, you've got four, and you're like, okay, I don't know what these people are doing. They're crazy. They're yelling. They're screaming. They they resist logic. They won't leave. They're violent. They they you know they're yelling threats. Uh, and I'm I as the man of my house am called to protect my family. I mean, you're putting me. If the law does not come in and do its job, if the if uh, police does not come and do their job, if the FBI does not do their job, uh, if if the president of the United States does not use his bully pulpit to condemn this behavior uh, and put an end to it, um, then who who's going to? I mean, I'm not going to sit back and watch my house burn down and watch my daughters threatened or whatever. I mean, I'm going to defend my family. That that's what I do. That's what it means to be the leader of my house. We're putting people in very awkward situations um, when the when people who are elected to the highest, you know, placed in the highest Supreme Court of the land, major parts of our of our system are allowed to be attacked. Like, what if the president himself had mobs forming around the White House, looking in the window, et cetera, et cetera? I mean, you would this is unthinkable behavior. Well, it um, becomes a mob rule. It becomes we we said this many many times. We become a barbarian barbarianistic society in which might means right whoever has the bigger microphone because, because it's interesting because even on twitter and, and social media you got people who are calling for these things and they're not being censored they're calling for violence they're calling for burning stuff down they're using terrible rhetorics yep. and no one's being censored and no one's being fact checked and and because might means right you know and that's why there's this huge outrage with elon musk when he wants to actually have perhaps i don't know but you know at least more freedom e equal balance, treatment yeah. like balanced treatment it's like yeah you the same rule apply all we want the same rule to apply to everybody well this to make your point this was what was spray painted on the uh, wisconsin state family policy council <laughs> uh building if abortions aren't safe then you aren't either. And these people had their windows broken out, a firebomb thrown in, Molotov cocktail, and that was the message painted. Now, yeah. that's criminal behavior. You know, it's a threat against a person's well-being. Uh, and these are pro-life groups that are simply trying to help women who have chosen to choose, you know, choose life, have their baby, come around and create policy that makes it safe for young girls in their mother's wombs. Um, this cannot be tolerated. So the, if there's not justice done on these things, you do create a vigilante kind of mob culture uh, where people, where it's the wild, wild west, you know, um, and, and that's a scary place to be. It, here's the thing is like right now, America. Now, I'm actually very optimistic of where we're going because I, I feel like this group is a small, very vocal, very powerful group. But I think most America is, is seen it. Most Americans, I mean, by far, great majority, look at this on Mother's Day and they're thinking, what are you guys doing? I mean, even people who aren't like necessarily pro-life or, or conservative are thinking, what are you guys doing on Mother's Day? Like, they see that picture. They realize there's something wrong with that. See, here's the thing is, people talk about diversity all the time. 
any enterprise, organization, nation, if diversity is your central uh, decree, central tenet, you cannot survive. You cannot, diversity itself will not sustain anybody. You need unity around some core value. Yeah. You might have a diversity of personality, you have diversity on peripheral issues, but there's, there has to be a common core of values that you're unifying around. That's what causes this organization entity to grow together. You know, uh, that's why different businesses have core values. They have different personality, they have different perspective, they have different talents and functions, but they have to unify around something. Right. The mission of, of the company, the why they exist. Mission, purpose, yep. values, why. Yep. They have to unify around something and the, and the leader is to help reinforce those unity, unifying values in the middle of diversity. That's why it's a beautiful thing. Look, look at the Church of Jesus Christ. There's many parts, there's many functions, there's many giftings, but there's a unifying factor in the head being Jesus right. Christ. If we're all like, the church is diverse, means we all, somebody worships this guy, somebody worships, no, there, there is no church. Right. Okay, Any enterprise needs unity around something. Right. Now, the United States used to be unified around the Constitution, right? The things that the Declaration of Independence said, things says in, in the Constitution. And among, in the midst of the Constitution, there's diversity. And that's why there's prosperity. There's, there's diversity of backgrounds and, and race and color. And, and, and true tolerance. And true tolerance, yeah. I mean, when people do disagree, we, we respect one another and yep. we're civil about it and we talk and Rule we... Rule law and, yeah. and just, but, but we, we surround ourselves around some type of, un you got to unify around something, which is, again, the Constitution, rule of law, saying the Constitution is what we unify around. The basis, the foundation of the Constitution, which is a Judeo-Christian worldview. Now, what that statement is saying, no, the unifying value in America needs to be abortion rights. And if you don't have abortion rights, then you are not safe. I mean, these are, again, like, a re the, really, as a nation, that's what is going to be the unifying factor right. is abortion, right? I mean, these are scary statements that's coming out, and it's really leading to a devastation effect on our nation. But, but, but you can't have such hope because I think that's revealing to everyone else. They're playing their, they're, they're showing their cards, yeah. and everyone's saying, that doesn't quite make sense, you know? We're seeing a violent commitment to death. To the right to kill, and, and, and what what's scary is, and we've seen this in our culture over the the years that Roe v. Wade has been uh, the law of the land. We have seen the coarseness and the value of human life. We've seen an, an increase in violence, um, and it's it's coming to a head. I, I thought this was again just highlighting this demonic irrationality, this bloodthirst that centers around uh, the wickedness of abortion. Uh, there was, I think it was on MSNBC, they had a guest commentator who actually said, I would love to find out who the leaker is of this document so that we could make love and conceive a child and then go to the abortion clinic and murder this baby. This was celebrated. This was like, that was like a cool statement from this person on MSNBC. Now, who in their right mind would seek to create life with another random human being of which you have no relationship with for the sole purpose of murdering the life that was just created i mean this is wicked it is evil it is demonic it is demented and it shows you the depth and the depravity that american culture is sinking towards as we continue uh to tolerate uh this evil in our land um i mean it, it, again the stuff that i've seen on on twitter some of the video clips some of the the, the wicked, perverted rhetoric that just centers around a, a, a gleeful delight yeah. in murdering a child, your child, in your womb. Um, 
well, I think the desensitization from Roe yeah. versus Wade has has we seen its fruit right now. But but I, I think again, I think most people understand this looks crazy to most people when people are saying, "Hey, look, there is something weird going on in our nation." And I actually have great hope because I think yeah, I think this is is burning this stuff out. You know, I Absolutely. think people are realizing that this is this is an unsustainable lifestyle and, and and ideology for our nation, and we're seeing the fruits of that. Well, I appreciate Justice Thomas because. He, you know, he's a, he is the foundation of the conservative ideology in the courts. He has he has stood uh, for conservative principles. When I say conservative, when you trace back conservatism, you you find biblical values and ideas that are behind those ideas. So I always encourage conservatives get back to the why this part of our Christian worldview. And Thomas basically firmly said, "We will not be intimidated." Uh, we will not uh, allow our opinions to be shaken by the, the biggest mob or the loudest voice. Well, let me just say this. I trust Thomas won't. I don't know about the other justice. Well, I mean, I won't name names, but <laughs> robbers. Um, <laughs> yeah. there, there's some other people who I, I mean, I, they're humans. And I, and I don't know them. I don't know their background. I mean, I, those are stuff that's, again, I, even if they say we won't be intimidated, people are like, he's lining up your house. He's like yelling at your daughter's window. I mean, is that going to on a deeper level affect you in future cases, it might. That's why this that's should not, that's, that's why, why we gotta protect, it, yeah. that's why we, we can't be doing stuff like that. But I'm telling you, there have been Supreme Court justice in the last few years, a uh, decision that really takes me off. I'm like, this is, that's not law, this is not justice, you know? Right. But there's never a thought ever to be like, you know what, I'm gonna go burn some other unrelated persons uh, or go to their house and protest and whatever. I mean, part of it is like, this is why we gotta elect good people and yeah. so they can good judges. I'm not gonna burn stuff down. <laughs> and, and as you said, you know, this if Roe v. Wade is overturned, it, it doesn't end abortion. It sends the decision back to the states, which is where it should be. Yeah. This, this decision should be made by the people, not by the court. And um, and that's that's the way our system was intended to operate. So we're we're believing that this will be overturned, and then it comes back to states. Now I just read uh, today somebody sent me something. This was the headline um, from one of the uh, local affiliates here. Mayor Lori Lightfoot announces fund for Chicagoans who's seeking abortions from neighboring states. All right, so. This is interesting. We talk about a perversion of government. Now, now we're going to use taxpayer dollars to create a fund to pay for people to kill their babies from other states when Chicago itself and the state is insolvent. And if they hadn't stole the election and put Biden into office, uh, they wouldn't have got all the federal money to bail out their, their misspending. It happens over and over and over again. But the, the people in Illinois and people in Chicago should be outraged that this type of political activism is taking place with their taxpayer dollars. What an insult. It's an insult to do it, period, but it's, an, it's a greater insult that you're going to rob me uh, through taxation and use my money uh, to fund that kind of evil. So what, what we're gonna see happening, and, and this is maybe a good place for us to end, we're going to see states that choose righteousness, we're going to see the blessing and favor of God fall on those states. You're, you're going to see states prospering and you will see neighboring states absolutely going bankrupt and uh, and becoming places of desolation. You mean all fleeing into Texas and Indiana and 
Florida. <laughs> Florida and what we're and seeing you'll, already. You'll see Illinois continue to dig the, the hole exodus deeper. Exodus coming over the border. California, New York. Um, I mean, states that are openly promoting perversion and wickedness, there's a price to pay. And I, I want to close our podcast today by reading from the Word of God. This is Deuteronomy chapter 30. And the Lord, you know, of course, in Deuteronomy 28, it's the blessings and the curses. And God delineates, if you obey me, these are the blessings that will overtake you as a nation. And if you disobey my word and my law, uh, these are the curses that will overtake you. I, I encourage you, go back to read Deuteronomy 28, because it not only speaks to Israel, a specific covenant that God made with his people, but these are principles we can all learn from and be blessed from or suffer the consequences of if we choose to ignore God's commands. But in verse 15, Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 15, the Lord says, Now listen, today I'm giving you a choice between life and death, between prosperity and disaster. Um, life and death prosperity and disaster if we're going to continue to choose death we will end up in destruction our nation will be destroyed it'll be it will literally rot from moral decay from within if we choose righteousness and we choose truth and we choose to honor god and we choose life god promises those nations prosperity it also says in verse 19 today i have given you the choice between life and death blessings and curses now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. In other words, our choices are witnessed by the entire heavenly delegation, all right? Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying him and committing yourself firmly to him. This is the key to your life. Oh, this is so good. This is the choice for America right now. And all of heaven is watching. Will we choose life or will we choose death? Will we choose prosperity uh, or will we choose devastation and disaster? I think it's going to be interesting because a lot of, I will say, rhino Republicans who, who say they're pro-life but kind of hit under the Supreme Court Roe versus Wade now have to make a choice because that cover might be gone. And now it's going to be interesting what really happens on the state level. Yeah. So yeah. let's pray. Let's pray for our elected officials. Pray for our states. Pray pray. For our we, need, we need courage more than ever. Yeah, absolutely. But in I'm, many ways, the battle has just begun. No, absolutely. And, you know, because it, this almost reminds me of the battle. I think this is the civil rights battle of our day, but it reminds me of the long struggle against slavery. Yeah. It didn't end overnight. There's people with financial involvement. There, It, it was a wicked, uh, demonic thing. It, it's not just an American phenomenon. Of course, it was a global oh. phenomenon. Yeah. But there's spirits attached to all this. We fight against, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against demonic principalities and powers. So the world mocks at all this, but there is a bloodthirst. There is a demonic uh, nature behind what's happening in the evils of slavery and in the evils of abortion. And as you said, that this will not get this will not be won without a fight. We we cannot quit. We cannot sit back. We cannot be passive, complacent. Uh, we have to speak the truth. We have to love people. We continue to provide uh, alternatives. Uh, there's so many families that want to adopt. There's all kinds of uh, crisis pregnancy centers all around uh, America that are doing great work to help women who courageously choose to have their children. There's forgiveness. There's healing in the Church of Jesus Christ. You do not have to carry the guilt and shame, whether male or female. 
you do not have to carry the guilt and shame and pain of abortion in your life forever. You can be forgiven and free, and that's the good news of the gospel. Uh, so we have to trumpet this now more than ever. Yeah. And um, But I agree with you. There is a move of God happening. Um, we're seeing it here at Living Stones. You can see the, the water level rising of the Holy Spirit. People are people are desperate for truth. They're desperate for more of God. There's a hunger that's being created. And my confidence, again, and I know we share this, it's not in the, it's not in the political process. It's not in the courts. Ultimately, our confidence is in Jesus Christ and in the church of Jesus Christ. Um, that's where our hope lies. And so thank you all for watching this. We'll continue to try to talk about current issues from a Christian worldview perspective. Uh, we hope you find this helpful. Uh, we love your feedback and comments, and, and you can always help us by uh, sharing this podcast far and wide. So until we meet again next Thursday, let me just mention, when this comes out uh, in a couple of days, and when you're watching this, uh, on uh, Sunday morning, we have a very special guest, a man by the name of Ivan Tate, really strong prophetic ministry. He'll be with us Sunday morning, Sunday night, uh, and Monday night. We hope you'll be able to come out and be a part of one of those powerful gatherings. The Holy Spirit is on the move, and uh, you do not want to miss it. So have a great week. We hope to see you this weekend.